When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Toyota Genuine Accessories, designed to integrate with your Toyota. This is Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Oh, yes. Welcome along to your Saturday. Best day of the week. It's nice weather on the way as well. 27 degrees. Good weather for doing stuff. A little shower in the afternoon, maybe. And we've got a big show up ahead. The National Draft is coming up in 48 hours' time. Are the Crows planning to trade back into the first round, second round, maybe? What are Port going to do? We've got the grandfather of the draft, Kevin Sheen, going to join us. And he's going to run his rule over all those things, answer our questions about all the talent. And, of course, we're here for our good friends at Toyota. Toyota Genuine Accessories, engineered for optimum performance working with the vehicle as an integrated system coming from Studio Lumo. We're at SCNSA's Studio Lumo. SA, as I say, good morning to my good friend Bryce Gibbs. It's been a big week, Bryce. Good morning, Tommy <laughs> Lyon. Hasn't it what? Plenty happening. Oh, my goodness. A few tears shed, but that's okay. Yeah. We move forward. We, it's, it's time to get on with it. That's right. We've got to get on on with the job. The baby elephant in the room right now, of course, is uh, I'm now hosting and our good friend Hazy is... Uh, on with his journey, and uh, cards on the table is that obviously I've Stephen Bradbury into this situation here, um, <laughs> and I just have had so much fun with you guys through the year and didn't want to let go. So uh, put my hand up, and here we are, Bryce, and we're going to have a good time. Big show ahead. Well, as we always say, Tommy, uh, Saturday mornings. This is the time when you can start actually living your life. So we'll, totally. we'll continue that motto on for the next couple of weeks and uh, nah, we're uh, certainly excited to have you in the, the big boy chair today and now that Hazy has gone, we actually might get a, a word in. Oh, we might. We can actually start having fun now, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you've had a big week yourself. Uh, it began, I think, at around 12, the week starts on Sunday, so 12 a.m.-ish Sunday morning. I'm going to bed with my wife, Jess, and we're just just starting to fall asleep and I get this video call from Bryce Gibbs that just wakes me up and Jessica's like, who's that? And I'm like, it's Bryce. And she, why is he calling now? And I go, I'm going to ring him back, darling, because I think he's res- responsibly lit <laughs> and I know he's at a wedding and I know he's going to be a, a little bit loosey-goosey, willing to open up. So I, I rang you back and uh, it was a video call. I see you in the middle of a dance floor and this is all I hear. Have I remembered that correctly? What were you doing? Jeez, the we talk about the mics never off in uh, in this industry. <laughs> the the, the FaceTime's never off, obviously. Um, no, I did. I did wanted to reach out. Uh, that that uh, that song just reminded me of you. Yeah, getting up and have a boogie. And I spoke about it early in the week. Uh, I'm not a big dancer. But uh, when 
when I tip enough in, uh, <laughs> I get the, the Dutch courage up and, uh, yeah, I was making a few moves on the dance floor and just thought I'd check in. Tommy. Yeah, I loved it. You were, we didn't even say any words because it was too loud. <laughs> so we, we communicated with pure emotion. A few nods and a few winks. Yeah, yeah. and you were dancing and then... I can't believe how well you choreographed it because <laughs> you walk into the saxophone player and every, you say hello to me and then every time you go back to the saxophone player, he's playing the hook of the song like, <laughs> hey, Macarena. And um, I thought you'd choreographed it, but I think it was just good timing. Uh, I think I fluked it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, as I said, uh, not a huge dancer and uh, my rhythm and beat is pretty pretty poor. Well, certainly on song for last Saturday night. Look, big show up ahead. We've got the national draft in 48 hours' time and nothing gets me more excited than the draft each year. I'm, I'm a bit of a draft nerd and I'm hoping and praying that Adelaide or Port Adelaide have got something up their sleeve because they've got the late picks now because they've brought in Jason Horn francis of course, and Isaac Rankin, which is worthwhile. Um, but I'd love to see them make a move see if they can get back into the first round, trade a future pick and do a bit of a Melbourne trade into the future and, and see what they can get up to. What's your read on it, Bryce? Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting, isn't it? And you think only 12 months ago how different we were looking at this draft, obviously with, with Jason Horn francis being touted to go number one and we sort of knew that was, was going to be the case. And this year it's a little bit unknown, isn't it? So mm. obviously... Uh, there's been a whole lot of hype around Matthias Filippou. Uh, when's he going to go? And and he, his pick could be the the catalyst to to what happens later on in the draft yeah. about that pick five, pick six range. So it's a little bit hard to read this year and and where our SA boys are going to go. Obviously, still got a lot of talent. Um, there's been talk that uh, not not as many picks in this year's draft. There only mm. might be 40, 50 players go. Um, and, and which which of our SA boys are, are going to get uh, get taken. So really looking forward to, to speaking to Shifter Sheehan uh, mm. a little bit later in the show. As you said, he's the godfather of, of the draft, the OG, um, yeah. uh, when it comes to talking about talent uh, across the country. But uh, looking forward to finding his views on, on our SA local talent and where he thinks they might go in the draft and what teams... Um, they, they might suit as well. So uh, as you mentioned, our, our SA teams, Port and the Crows, they, they gave up a lot of picks to get your Rankins and your, your Jason Horn mm. Francis is in. Are they going to get creative? Are they going to try and uh, trade, live trade a couple of future mm. rounds, as you said, to, to move up in the draft? We know uh, the Crows are, have got a, enough in the bank to to get Michelini in and mm. um, he, he looks like a talent as well. So it's going to be interesting, that's yeah. for sure. It's I, the way I see it playing out is if Adelaide are going to do a trade back into the first round or second round, they're going to do it just ahead of the um, Michael Mich- uh, Max Michelini's pick. So they're going to come in at around pick twenty for a ho- you know hopefully a Harry Barnett, nice young ruckman or, or something like that. I can't see them having enough to go to the pointy end of the draft and get a Mateus Filippou. But yeah, this is the most underexposed draft class in the history of the draft because we've had two years affected by COVID. They haven't been able to get onto the pitch. They haven't been able to uh, show their wares until this year. So a guy like Aaron Cadman at the beginning of this year was possibly a top uh, tri- top draft pick, but now he's touted as number one. GWS didn't get that number one pick for nothing. Cadman will go number one. Um, 
it's all a bit of ducks and drakes right now. The clubs love to say, oh, you know, we might be interested in Cabman, we might not be. But he's definitely headed off to GWS. And that pick from Essendon at number four is going to be the catalyst for where it all kind of falls because they've got Elijah Sardis, who's a beautiful, smooth-moving winger who can go inside, outside, that modern prototype of a footballer. And then Matthias Philippou, who's got the biggest upside probably of anyone in the draft because he's young, he's got the late birthday and Essendon are going to have a really important choice between those two before it kind of puts a fork in the road to where the draft will go. Yeah, you're spot on. I think there, there can be, in this draft, there's going to be some gems that get picked up, especially later on in the draft, because mm. it is so, so unknown. And uh, even one of the local kids, uh, Harry Lemming, only 12 months ago, he was touted as a potential top yeah. five, top 10 pick. And um, for, for a lot of reasons, he, he seems to have slid and he might get picked up at 40 plus. So if if you if you can get him at at say that that type of range, he could be just as good as any of the guys in the top 10. So there there is always surprise packets in every draft that we see and uh th- there's gold to be found there. So it's it's uh it's going to be interesting to see how these clubs go and and who they've got priority on, on their own draft boards leading into this year. Mm, absolutely. And there's always those rogue picks. When you look back on any draft and you re-rank all the players, they never fall as planned. So you might have a Luke Parker who goes to the pick in the 40s, a Rory Sloan pick in the 40s. You know, Tom Jonas is a rookie. Rory Laird is a rookie. This is all in hindsight. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, but... It will be interesting to see what gems come out of this draft, particularly if uh, Harry Lemmy, who was touted as a top three, as he said, uh, goes real late, possibly even a rookie. He could be an absolute bargain. Now, the World Cup is well and truly underway. I haven't been, I, I like to just kind of wait till the pointy end of it is going on before I really delve in, but you're an absolute stock enough, Bryce, and you're going to give us a, a good update up next. How, did you watch last night's game with the run? Uh, yeah, I've been been tuning in quite a bit, and it's been fantastic. Obviously, most or in this round, in this group stages, sorry, um, there's a, there's a game on at eight thirty, yeah, uh, our time at night, nine nine p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. So to be able just to watch that on the couch once the kids are going to bed, it's mm. uh, it's been really really good. And then obviously been doing some uh, fill in for brekkie, so up early anyway to to watch the five thirty games. So uh, being able to watch uh, a lot of games this year, which is uh, which is fantastic, and uh, the big one for the Aussies. We uh, we play at eight thirty tonight. Uh, there is a slight chance mm. we can still make it through the group stages. Obviously, uh, it's going to be pretty tough, but we uh, it's a must win game against uh, Tunisia um, tonight. So, uh, but I'll uh, I'll recap some of the games and some of the big teams, uh, some of the big players who are who are hitting the scoreboard and um, where it's all falling uh, after the first week of, of matches. Yeah, cool. I, you know, I didn't even know Tunisia existed until I saw that Australia are playing them. So I'm looking forward to your insight on them. Um, we've got a great cricket incident. Now, it's been highlighted by one of my favourite podcasts, The Grade Cricketer, and there's been an incident in sub-district cricket in Victoria. We're going to have a deep dive into that because it just kind of sums up my entire childhood. It, it gave me all sorts of nostalgic feelings, a little bit of aggression on the cricket field, a little bit of a, well, it's a man-catting incident, you know, whether or not sub-district cricket is a level that can have man-catting, whether they're mature enough to have that. We're going to uh, have a, you've seen the video, Bryce. What was your opinion of it? <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Uh, more so from the the fans in the sheds and, and yeah. in the stands heckling as uh, as the batsman's walking off. But 
Uh, yeah, we we had a, a conversation on, on on this show only a week or two ago about man catting and should it be allowed in, you know, the, the World Cups and 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 in the cricket in cricket in general. Yeah. I suppose is it uh, does it align with the values of cricket and uh, it's, it's it, as it stands, it's in the rules. Like, Absolutely, you're allowed to do it. And. Uh, you know, it's cheating. If it, what if the batsman's halfway down the pitch by the time you've bowled it? He's doubling up, getting twos and threes when normally it might be a one or a two. Uh, so it is a form of cheating if you weren't be able to man-cad them. We're going to dive deep into that before we head to a break. So the, the draft, I'm excited for it. I was watching an interesting documentary during the week, Bryce, on the Orlando Magic. And back in their inception into the NBA, they don't mess around. They'll, they'll say... We'll have four expansion teams at once. None of this, oh, do we Tasmania, do we not Tasmania? Four expansion teams at once. So Orlando comes into the NBA and they get Shaq as a number one pick, which was kissed to begin with, with that those ping pong balls that they roll around in yeah. the bloody lottery. Which <laughs> <laughs> is a bit of a dis- different system to what the AFL has. Now, the next year after that, they made – Close to the playoffs. And so their chances were lowered significantly. One in 68 chance or something of getting the number one pick. Just impossible. More likely to get struck by lightning. What happens though? Well, this is what happened that draft year as well. Absolutely kissed. We had almost zero chance when you think about it. 66 ping pong balls rolling around in this machine. One. One had the magic logo on it. Orlando, which got Shaquille O'Neal last year and improved to 500, has jumped into the first three. The second pick in the 1993 NBA draft goes to the Philadelphia 76ers. And believe it or not, the first pick in the 1993 NBA draft goes to the Orlando Magic. Absolutely kissed. Now, I want you to just think in your mind, don't say it out loud. If the AFL were to introduce this lottery system, who would be the lucky team who is absolutely kissed this year? In your mind, who has been kissed? Think through the trade period. Think who's just scooping up first round kids and picks for nothing. It'll be the Cats. Okay. I said not to say it, but let's... (laughs) It would be, well, look, let's actually, I'm not sure about it. Let's have a listen. Who would be the KISS team if the AFL introduced this system? (laughs) Now to the winner of the AFL's first ever draft lottery after winning this year's flag and getting pick seven from a club who's never made the top eight. Plus three more first round youngsters in Jack Bowes, Tanner Bruin and Oliver Henry. The winner of pick one is Geelong. <laughs> Congratulations, Geelong. Congratulations, Geelong. Uh, they've certainly had a good run. That was a bit of a shonky deal for pick seven there. So they are loving it. They've got their eyes on a certain kid. We'll be asking Shifter Sheehan about later. Um, look, let's head to a break. And up next, Bryce, you're going to give us your rundown of the World Cup, all the happenings, what's been going on, and uh, what the Aussies' chances against Tunisia are later. We are here for Toyota. Toyota Genuine Service ensures your Toyota vehicle receives expert care and attention from our trained technicians. Coming from Studio Lumo, SENSA's Lumo SA Studio. We'll be back very soon. Saturday's in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. 
Good morning to y'all. Welcome along to Saturday's NSA with Tom Lyon and Bryce Gibbs. We must get that imaging fixed up, Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> it's 8.53, top of 27 degrees today. A few showers coming along in the afternoon, but nice day for doing stuff. Bryce, we were just talking about the NBA draft system with the lottery balls. The Magic were absolutely kissed, weren't they? Yeah, they certainly were, Tommy. And yeah, to have a 1% or 2% chance of uh, landing the number one pick only a year or two after having a number one pick, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's obviously pretty rare. But uh, it got me thinking. It happened to the Cavs not that long really? ago as well. So Kyrie Irving, pick one in the 2011 uh, draft. Yeah. Then only two years later, they got the number one pick again, Anthony Bennett, who didn't go on to do a whole lot. Uh, and then it was only 12 months later, similar situation that they only had, you know, 2% of, uh, mm. they're in the, in the lottery again, had 2% of getting the number one pick and similar to that magic result, they landed the number one pick again. Unbelievable. In, in Andrew Wiggins. So they've had three number one picks in, in four years. And I remember at the time it was, uh, <laughs> people couldn't believe it. If the AFL did that system, I can't see a way that that would work out fairly for uh, the peasant clubs like Gold Coast who will constantly need (laughs) assistance for the next probably decade. Hey, we're also interactive here, 0427-154-166. Get involved. We want to hear your Saturday statement, Bryce. What's front of mind for you for the summer? A lot of sport going on this weekend. What's going on for you? Also, anything else that's on your mind, uh, we've got one right here from Trent. Obviously, when I had that video call from you, Bryce, you were dancing to the Macarena. Trent says, I could see Bryce with his long hair, in his long hair days, starring the Macarena music video with all these girls, just give the man a crop top and a G-banger. Okay. <laughs> well, this is the, a mad mo- bit of a mad Monday The sort situation. of areas that I was in, Tommy, I'm not sure if I was in a G-banger or not. You, you, you'd only know that. <laughs> I was watching a bit of a footage of you the other night and you were next to Favola on a mad Monday with um, holding on to a few toys. Uh, I don't think we'll bring that up just yet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, World Cup. Um, I've got to admit, I'm not following it closely as yet. I like to I like to come in at the pointy end of it all. But if anyone is to give us a brilliant coverage, it's you, mate. So what's going on? Yeah, plenty happening. Uh, so uh, obviously the, the group stages are, are happening. Round one uh, finished only yesterday. So all teams have played now. We're into the, the second round of the, the group stage games. Um, so there's been a couple of surprises. Obviously with Argentina getting beaten by Saudi Arabia was was significant. Japan knocked off Germany. So Germany find it, they've got a pretty tough draw now. They're in the same group as Spain and they play each other next. So Spain, Germany, two big heavy hitters Mm. in this World Cup. So if Spain knock off Germany, it's going to be unlikely that uh, Germany can make Make it it through to the the round of 16, which uh, not many people would have picked at the start of this Mm. World Cup. Uh, Belgium flexed their muscle. They they look strong uh, and so did Brazil. So um, they're, they're the favourites leading into into this World Cup. But uh, Sourwood, though, on a note with Neymar, who's obviously one of the best players in the world, went down with a, an ankle injury and, and he's not mm. going to be back until the round of 16. So that's a big, big loss for Brazil. Uh, Portugal uh, got a win as well. Cristiano Ronaldo scored. He's become yes. the, the first player in, in history to score at five World Cups. So Remarkable. he's had his controversy over the last couple of weeks with, uh, with Manchester mm. United. That's been bubbling away in the background, but uh, as he usually does. Do you he, think that'll ever happen again? To someone at five World Cups, he would have started as a teenager and now he's in his mid-30s. How old is he? Yeah, be, be 
35. Yeah. Yep. 37. There, there we go. go. Thank you, producer older. Jace. Um, yeah, I can't see that happening it'd again. Be, it'd be very unlikely. And, you know, we, we still take for granted that we're seeing Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi running yeah. around, two of the probably the two of the best players to ever play the game. And uh, we take it for granted that they're, they're still running around. So uh, be unlikely that it would happen, Tommy. Yeah. Um, so he's done very well. So the Aussies. The Aussies take on Tunisia tonight in their, their second group stage. Now, big game, must-win game. There is a slight chance that the Aussies still could make it. So okay. how that'll play out, the Aussies obviously must win tonight. <laughs> yeah. Now Story we lose, we're out. done. We're done. Done. Yep. Tunisia are a pretty they're underrated side. Handy. They're actually pretty okay. pretty competitive, well drilled. It's gonna be tough, but funnier things have happened, right? So okay. we need to win. Then we need France to win or draw against Denmark in their clash. Okay. Then we need to draw against the Danish. And then we need France to beat Tunisia. If those right. all those four things play out, Tommy, we will make it through okay. to the round of sixteen. Okay, so a few things to a few things that are out of our hands. It but will, good and, Lord. If, and if I'm going to put a percentage on it, I'll put a percentage on it like the Magic have one uh, percent to uh, <laughs> yeah. to get that lottery ball. Yeah, it's going to be pretty tough. But, so um, chances are low. Basically, they who, certainly are, but it's still a live chance, and that's all you need. Who are fr- from this point? how the top 16 could sort of play out. Who are your genuine top two to four chances to win it? Uh, I think or Brazil might my, my, my pick to, to win the, the whole World Cup. So yeah. they've obviously started pretty strongly. Um, who else have we got? We've got Spain have had a, a huge win, 7-0 in, in their clash against Costa Rica. So they're, they're hitting good form. France will, will be around the mark again. Um, England started off really well, uh, beating Iran, but uh, had a draw this morning against the USA. So they need uh, Harry Kane to get going. I don't think he's, he's put one in the net yet yeah. uh, and is getting pretty limited supply at the moment. So um, it'll probably be out of Spain, Brazil uh, and France are, are probably the top picks at the moment. Very good. Very good expansive coverage from Bryce Gibbs right there. Now, coming up next, Bryce, we've got a new partner in Lawn Hub and it's fortuitous for me because I've become obsessed with my lawn over the last 12 months and we're going to talk about the best lawn tips. Just a quick tip. I'm still a novice, so I would love to hear your lawn tips on 0427-154-166. Let us know what you're doing to get your lawn nice and luscious this summer and Bryce... I gather that you're a lawn fanatic. So you said lawn hub? Lawn hub, Sorry, that's I just, right. I just wanted yep. to make sure uh, I heard a, the right thing there. You definitely did. They've got a bit of a, th- <laughs> a bit of a theme on their website. I mean, I'll walk you through okay. some of their products. They're a little bit X-rated, but um, you're going to find out about that next. Perfect. Also, we're here for Toyota. Toyota Genuine Accessories, engineered for optimum performance, working with the vehicle as an integrated system. Good morning. With Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yes, good morning. It's a nice top today of 27 degrees. A few showers maybe in the afternoon. We're coming to you from Studio Lumo. Lumo Essays, Studio Lumo right here on number one King William Street. And Bryce Gibbs, we've got a new segment. It's very fortuitous fortuitous that a client called Lawn Hub has jumped on board because they have got all the lawn accessories you need. Uh, grow the best lawn in the street with Lawn Hub. We want to talk about your lawn tips. Please text us in on 0427-154-154, sorry, 166 if you've got any tips. 
I've been embracing the lawn growth and we're welcoming uh, producer Jason to the studio as well because Jason's lawn is quite frankly shit ass. <laughs> That's exactly right, Tommy. It's great to be in here. We've had to replace Hazy with two producers because uh, that's just the way it works. Yep. Uh, so, how is your lawn looking, mate? Absolutely ratchet, my friend. Uh, would be the best way to describe it. It's about thigh height at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Um, every time I've had a, a chance to to do something with, the, and I've only got an electric mower. Yeah. It's rubbish. Oh, God. So one of those plug-in ones. Yeah, yeah. You oh, plug no. it in and you run over the cord and zap yourself. Illegal. It's illegal. stupid. Um, but, uh, of course, every time, uh, because we've had all this rain, mm. it's just shot up. Um, yeah. And there's been no chance to mow it. That's my excuse. Anyway, that's what I keep telling the wife. Yep, you're under the pump. Yeah. So um, I'm either going to have to get someone in, uh, mm. and it's probably going to cost me, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks at the moment, the way it's looking. Now, just pause right there. Have you ever had that emasculating feeling, Bryce, when you have to order in a tradie to do a few jobs around the house because you can't do it yourself? Uh, I lean on that 100% of the time. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say... Yeah, I'm not a, not a handyman okay, at all. One of the most emasculating moments in my life was when we had a tradie come into our house to put hooks up. And uh, I walk into the kitchen, get home from work, and Jessica's there in the kitchen chatting to him, and he's in a singlet, and his rig's, quite frankly, incredible. And he's putting <laughs> these hooks up for where our uh, saucepans and stuff are going to hang, and he put the hook up just beyond my height, so I couldn't reach it. And I was really grumbly, like, oh, he's put the hooks up out of my reach, and my whole family were just laughing at me. Too short to reach the hooks to put the plates up, so... um. Yeah, that was quite emasculating. But Bryce, when it comes to lawn, do you love it or do you really not get down with lawing your lawn? Nah, to be honest, I'm not a huge green thumb and uh, I do. I, I usually pay the professionals to, yeah. uh, to get the job done for me. But uh, in saying that, I, I haven't probably had a lot of lawn to, to look after in the, in the past years anyway. I mean, living in Melbourne, in and around the city, the, the house housing blocks aren't, aren't huge. So mm. I lived in a townhouse and then... Uh, my second house had a little bit of lawn, but not too much. So it was pretty easy to look after. So because I'm not uh, heavily educated in this space, I went yeah. to one of my good mates who loves his lawn and would be a big lawn hub viewer, viewer daily yeah. in, uh, in, the, <laughs> in the great Sam Jacobs. Yeah. He, uh, he, um, he, <laughs> Sam Jacobs. He would get down on hands and knees and cut his lawn with scissors if he had to. Really? He, he yeah. He takes it that seriously. So I've asked him to give me a couple of tips. Okay. I've heard Sammy Jacobs is the biggest lawn enthusiast coming out of the crows. He, he loves it. I think they even started a group chat at one stage just to right. pass on each other's tips and keep up to date with how their lawn was growing okay. over the summer. So, so what's Sammy got? A couple of things from the big source. Mow more more often than not. The longer the grass gets, it becomes spongy and unhealthy. It also promotes more growth cutting it. Okay. Don't water at night time. Water in the early hours of the morning before it gets too hot. Fungal can grow in a wet lawn without the sun. They're, they're it to kill it off. Mm -hmm. And he said, I don't fertilize this time of year. I just let the rain and sun do its thing. And that probably backs up your, your point. Uh, Jace, because the weather we've had, one minute it's it's hot and sunny, next minute it's uh, torrential hurricane rain. So I've yeah. never no seen the grass has grown quick. I've never seen it go like that. I've come to the conclusion that lawn care and, and gardening skills skip a generation. So yeah. Uh, yeah. my my uncle and my dad they are absolute fanatics. 
lawn nerds, I would call them. Uh, In fact, in Uncle Paul's place, he lives out in Elizabeth uh, East, um, and you can imagine some of the the, the houses getting around that area. Uh, (laughs) Hello, everyone from Elizabeth East today. Um, (laughs) A couple of shopping trolleys in the yard His house is like this oasis in the middle of, of nowhere where... Uh, anyone even looks like they're going to walk on his on that lawn. It's like he's got this built-in thing that just goes off in his head. He'll be at the front door before someone even puts foot on on his lawn. Right, very presentable. Get off the lawn. Okay. Whoa. Okay, mate. Yeah. So, I think uh, it's almost it almost borders on fanaticism with yeah. these guys. Well, I, I feel like I'm heading that way. I've become quite passionate in the last twelve months. I've been planting the seeds. I've been fixing up all the patches around the lawn, mowing it, and my little one Donnie gets excited when we. Uh, mow the lawns and plant some stuff around the garden. And my tip for today is if you're going to plant some grass seeds, get yourself one of those giant plastic owls. Have you seen them, Bryce? Uh, no. No. Okay. Well, what these <laughs> as you can tell, we are the pros here. So these plastic owls kind of watch over your yard and make sure that the other rogue magpies and willy wagtails don't uh, pick up all the seeds. Ah, the uh, scarecrow of the, the lawn mm, yes. space. so they, they watch over and they protect so that you can, if you need to grow some fresh lawn, then they're going to protect it. And you put just a little kind of like a fishing net over where you've planted those seeds and that's going to protect them for the summer until nice. they grow. That's a, that's a good tip, Tommy. You know how I would prefer to keep uh, birds and other pests off of my lawn? Concrete. Concrete, uh, okay. To get the job done. Or pavers. Pavers as well. well. Yeah. But hang on, that doesn't help us out with our sponsor, does it? So no. uh, let go with Tommy's suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> and one, one off the text from Dracos. So these are, this is my type of Yes. Pop-up sprinkler on a timer. Yes, automated. Easy. Yeah, don't have to care about it. Uh, Source Jacobs, it seems, has the most experience and most knowledge about lawns. Now, he, how was he as a tap ruckman for you? You worked under him for a little while, Bryce. One, was one of the best. One of the best? Yep. What was his? What made him one of the best? Uh, just his finesse. Yeah, you know, really soft hand, soft touch. Yeah, placed it in your pathway. And if he said he was getting it somewhere, nine yeah. and a half times out of ten, it'd be there. Yeah, and it was up to me to make sure I was on the end of it. Probably the best ruckman I've seen play for Adelaide, uh, Barb Sean Wren at his peak, but Jacobs was a lot more sustainable, I'd say. Hey, that's our lawn segment for Lawn Hub. Real lawn fanatics use Lawn Hub fertilizer. Search lawnhubonline.com.au for outstanding lawn results. Bryce, up next, we're having a deep dive into the pre-seasons of the Crows and Port because everyone says, ah, we're going fantastic. It's always going so good. Well, we're going to dive a little bit further behind all those cliches and pick our top three players who need a big preseason ahead of next year. Yes, we are. (laughs) (laughs) Good morning. (laughs) Toyota Genuine Accessories, engineered for optimum performance. This is Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Good morning, Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Best day of the week. We're coming to you from Studio Lumo and a nice top of 27 degrees for you today with a couple of showers possibly scattered through the afternoon. Bryce, it's the pre-season. Everyone is always up and about. People are putting on more muscle. People are running their best times. I don't think there's ever been... Uh, have you ever experienced a bad pre-season? <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Well, maybe 2018. And if you go... <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> If you go back over the years and uh, look up majority of the the press conferences, yeah, no one's 
had a loss yet. So everyone's up and about. Totally. Everyone's as fit as they've ever been. Everyone's flying. It's uh, it's all happy days. It certainly land. is. And we heard from uh, Darren Burgess during the week, the fitness guru for the Crows. He uh, touched on how some of the younger guys are going. In terms of the guys that have put on size, Lockie Shoal, Ned McHenry, they look noticeably bigger. Cookie is in really good shape. We're tracking really, really well. Like, In fact, a couple of the players asked me on the way back in, how is that compared to previous teams you've worked with? And I can honestly say we're in at least as good a position physically, if not better. But certainly the pre-season that we have planned for them is similar, if not you know, more and better than some of the clubs I've worked with in the past, including the Ds. Okay, so Adelaide are going better than Melbourne now. So they're going to win the flag. We're going to win the flag, I say, because um, they're fitter than what Melbourne were when uh, he was over there. And Port Adelaide are up and away as well. So Connor Rosie touched on what he's up to with uh, Travis Boak and the like through the preseason. He's headed over to America. It was an interesting trip, something that I probably haven't indulged in as much before that sort of training. So Travis has been doing that for a few years now and um, took... Zach, Mitch and I over and Ryan Burton. So, yeah, I guess it was training a little bit different to what we usually would do back here at Port Adelaide and learn a lot and hopefully things that we can transition into our normal programs. Such an interesting choice of word there when he says we indulged. Uh, Oh, just don't mind if I indulge on a trip to the USA where they put me through a gruelling set of running exercises and uh, hurt my body. Just indulging on that. Um, it's all going well. Everything's positive. All the cliches are rolling out, Bryce. Yeah, they certainly are, Tommy. And just to touch on on that, I mean, the players actually work harder than they ever have in their off-season mm. leading into pre-season now. So the idea is to come back as fit as you can pretty much so that you can just hit the ground running, um, which that didn't you – know, 10, 15 years ago, that, that didn't happen as much. So the, the players come back extremely fit. And we've seen um, Travis Boak grab a couple of these young guys and, and take them overseas. Yeah. And um, it's actually not, not a bad way to do it. You go over and work hard and work on and learn a few different fitness techniques, but yeah. also use it as a bit of a junket and get to a few <laughs> sports sports over there, yeah. uh, NBA, NFL, uh, whatever they're into. So it's, uh, it's actually not a bad way to do it. Yeah, I've I had a look in all seriousness at what Boke gets up to over there, and it's pretty cool. It's all movement-based and injury kind of prevention. So they move in ways that they weren't accustomed to beforehand. And as you can see with Boke's results coming back, um, it obviously works. Well, he just keeps churning out great years after great years, doesn't he? So, uh, yeah, and it's great leadership that he's decided to take a lot of the younger mm. guys uh, along the, the journey with him. And, um, I mean, if, if those guys can come back and have the impact like Boke continues to have, well, uh, Port could be a pretty scary proposition in 2023. Yeah, they're going well, Bokey. So they're rolling out the cliches now, Bryce. I just had a bit of a deep dive into your archives because you were the cliche master <laughs> back in the day. Just not – just – plank of wood just rolling out all the cliches little personality i know there was an appearance here on um before the game that you had with easy and uh they asked you about that what i love about you is your media work is getting better as well mate you are you're developing that i mean last year you were great don't you've never been bad but you just had it you had a tendency towards using cliches last year we, we we saw you at a press conference and we decided to count them 
Oh, you know, that's been our aim since since the pre-season. Um, you know, we're in the mix at the moment. Still a long, long way to go, and, and anything can happen. You know, the, the competition's that even. Anybody can win on, on any given day. So, you know, like I said, the old cliche, we'll take it one week at a time, and uh, yeah, hopefully we're, we're there come September. That was that intentional? Like, were you trying to cram in as many as good? Because that's unedited. Nah, that was just me uh, having a crack. Yeah. Just Bryce being Bryce, <laughs> the cliche master. Yep. So 0427 154 166, who are the Crows and Port Adelaide players that need a big season ahead of next year? We've got one here from uh, Bill. I'd love to see Darcy Fogarty double down for an epic preseason to keep going next year. Would hate to see him regress. No time for complacency, Fog. Uh, look, that's an interesting one because... He's gone so well already, but he's probably got a point there, Bill. Yeah, certainly. Uh, that's one thing that uh, Fogg wouldn't want to do is, is get happy with, with uh, how he certainly finished off the year. It mm. was a bit of a slow start, I think, at the start of this year and started to get um, you know, a bit of pressure put on him to, to start performing. And to yeah. his credit, he, he did come out and play some some really good good footy and, and on a consistent basis, I think. We, we all saw with, with Darcy that he's certainly capable at this level and, and oozes talent, but it was just the consistency that, that he lacked. And he started to, to put out performances, uh, good performances on a regular basis. So uh, no doubt he'll be, he'll be training hard at the moment and, and looking to continue that form uh, into next year. Yeah, there are a couple of moments where his agility, which I didn't think he had any agility, uh, came out, particularly against the Eagles. He burnt off an opponent opponent and ran away and I'd never seen anything like that from him before so I'm hoping he can build on that but Bryce what are your top three port players who are they that need to give it their best this preseason yeah so I've got three guys here younger guys that that have been in the system for a couple of years Mm. and um and we'll we'll want to put their best foot forward over this preseason to certainly lock away uh, a spot in in a in a Port Adelaide side that we're expecting to bounce we, yeah. we expect them to to potentially make finals and, and if they get everything right and and play the the way we know they're capable of potentially even top four so I've uh, I've got Josh sin uh, as one of mm. them so he was a first round pick in, in 2021 um, and ha- has had a couple of injury issues but uh, he's only played the one game and I think with Carl Amon uh, departing the club uh, I think he can he can make that that wing his his own. He's a good size. He's got speed, uh, agility is good, and he he's got the ability to get forward and hit the scoreboard as well. Yeah. So I think a big year in, in the gym um, and an interrupted preseason for him. Uh, mm. I think he can make that wing spot his own. Yeah, he's a jet. He's got so much speed, and it's just waiting for him to step into. I certainly think so. Uh, the next one I've got here is Mitch Georgiades. Mm. Uh, he was a consistent player in the side last year, um, but come under a bit of pressure at times for for his inconsistent performances. And you know, do they? What position does he need to play? He's obviously a, a forward, key forward, but do, do they need to throw him on the wing? Do they throw him at half back? Uh, he spent some time in the sandful as well, yeah. so a um, little bit inconsistent for for Mitch. And, and he was one of those guys that went over to the States with Boak. So you can, yeah, right. you can see that he's setting himself to have a big preseason so he can be a consistent, good performer 
on the weekend for Port Adelaide. So I think mm. he is setting himself to, to have a big preseason and to make a statement and yep. to take his game to another level because he's obviously got a lot of talent and he is in their best 22 when he's up and going. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. He plays a tricky position as well. That th- It's the third tall forward because he's not a hulking key forward. So he's really got to carve that out and and own it a little bit more next year. Yes, yeah, certainly. And obviously Dixon and, and Finlayson and uh, Lysette, when, when he's resting there, are going to be the, those big key forwards. But uh, he can be that hybrid that, that chops in, intercept marks in front front of the packs and, and he can kick... 40, 40 to 50 goals. Mm. I think that's what he needs to aim for. Uh, and the last player I've got is is in probably a similar position to, to Sin Georgiades, and that's Dersma. Um, mm. He has shown some really good signs, yeah. uh, and then he's had some, some inconsistencies as well. Uh, he did battle some injuries last year. I think he only played uh, 10 or 11 games, um, spent a bit of time in the Sandful as well, but... Uh, I just I see him needing to have a big preseason because I think it's gonna if if we expect Port to bounce next year mm. and they're they're healthy, so uh, spots in this side are, are going to be extremely tough. And the position that Dersma plays, that sort of outside mid, sort of do you throw him at half back? But they're they're pretty well stacked there. So you think of guys mm. on the wing. So Sin, who I've mentioned, Ferrell, Bergman, uh, George Yardies might play a bit of time up there as well. Yeah. Um, then you throw him at half back, but you've got the likes of Houston, Burton, Bonner, uh, Jones, uh, if, if he's up and going as well. So tight, uh, spots in this side are going to mm. be, be extremely hard to, to get. So I think Dersma, where he's at, he's been in the system a couple of years now. He knows what it's all about. He's, he's my, my other one to watch and, and he, he probably needs to have a big preseason to help take his game to another level. Yes, certainly. He broke out, well, not even a breakout. His first year was just amazing. And he's got that running ability. I just saw a little bit of hesitation come into his game last year. I I think he got hurt a bit. And sometimes the hard ball, he just had a a glimmer of hesitation going for it. So hopefully he can get over that and get that running back into his game. And we'll see that bow and arrow firing well and truly into the sky. Now the Crows, Bryce. For me, Adelaide's midfield are dying for some points of difference. We're going to see Josh Rochelle and Isaac Rankin roll through there a little bit, pop up by for a few CBAs. Jake Saligo, I love him. He's going to be a jet, I reckon, on the wing. Um, but we need a little bit more, I reckon, from one of these guys that's got to step up completely. Now, Luke Pedler, we saw him running along in preseason just earlier this week. He's looking very fit now, but he's had body issues along the whole, his whole journey. So he's pick 11 from 2020. The jury's still out on him. But I've seen these glimpses of speed and power coming through the contest. And I'm not sure if you saw his um, SANFL campaign this year, but he was quite incredible. Did you catch any of that? No, I haven't seen that. Have you heard of the SANFL? Uh, no. No? Okay. I, I don't. I know that. <laughs> He set it alight at Amy Stadium and he attacks the goals with a bit, he's got a big left foot. So I think if, if he can be, he's an inside mid, but he's got a bit of pace. My next one is uh, Harry Schoenberg. He's another one who is, yes, he's another inside outside type of midfielder, but he's got a bit of pace, a bit of burst, and he's got a touch of the Luke Davies uniac about him, I reckon. He, he can be a different type of midfielder. He's still got a little bit of pudding gut. So. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoying the off season a bit too much. I think he likes a cheeseburger. He's doing a Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, in the in the <laughs> nicest possible way, and that that's his next step, just to get that those K's into his legs to go through the midfield full time. 
Now, my last one here is uh, Braden Cook. I think he's got a huge upside. He's got all the little tips and tricks, that nice little sidestep. And he had the body of a 12-year-old basically when he entered. And it's improved now to the body of an 18-year-old, possibly even further if he keeps uh, keeps it up in the weights room. But he's just that winger that we need, you know, a bit of X factor. He can go forward. And I, I think if we get a great preseason out of Braden Cook, he's definitely in our best 22. Yeah, I think he has the ability to play inside as well. Uh, yeah. um, he was a South Adelaide junior, uh, and I think in his 18th year, he shot up and grew um, yeah. quite significantly. So um, I think he's battling a bit of an injury at the moment, but uh, it won't be too far away. But yeah, he is one that if he puts on some size and with his height, he could be... He's obviously got a long way to go to get to a Paddy Cripps type model, but mm. he's that that big inside, big bodied inside mid that can burst out of stoppages with some leg leg pace. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I haven't even I've never thought of him in that way where he could play inside, but he's got, he's got the height and and a real point of difference. So those are our picks for Adelaide and Ports preseason improvers. We need them to have a big preseason. Let us know your thoughts. 0427 154 166 or even give us a call on 1300 736 736. It's uh, 9.27 so we're going to get to a break and we're going to be coming back very soon with Kevin Shifter Sheehan to run his rule over the draft this year. You don't want to miss it. Good morning. When accessories engineered for optimum performance. This is Saturdays in SA. With Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Good morning to y'all. Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs, Tom Lyon with you this morning. Top of 27 degrees today. Going to be a beautiful day and we're here for our good friends at Toyota. Toyota Genuine Service ensures your Toyota vehicle receives expert care and attention from our trained technicians. Now, Bryce, we've got to get to the news right now. But up next, we've got the grandfather, the OG of the draft, Kevin Sheehan. He's going to run his rule over all the top prospects, everything you need to know about all the players that your club could be choosing and particularly what the Crows and Port Adelaide could be looking at with the SA boys. He's one of the great men, uh, Kevin Shifter Sheehan, and he's been doing it for years. He knows the draft prospects each and every year inside out. So obviously he's going to have a fair handle on on this year's draft, no doubt again. We'll, We'll ask him some of the top prospects, but yeah, also find out where the Crows and Port fall and, and who might be in the mix mm. for, uh, for for our teams here in SA and who they might look to pick up. Yep, it's going to be a great chat. 9.33 right now. Let's get to the news and we'll be back with Shifter Sheehan after that. Toyota Genuine Accessories, designed to integrate with your Toyota. This is Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Good morning to you, Tom Lyon and Bryce Gibbs with you this morning. Top of 27 degrees today, very nice couple of showers scattered around the afternoon. We're here thanks to our friends at Toyota. Toyota, genuine accessories engineered for optimum performance, working with the vehicle as an integrated system. Now, Bryce, this excites me because the the draft is only two days away. Make no mistake, there's a really unique blend of talent in this year's pool. There's tall mids. Agile key forwards, and this is the time when all the clubs start to play a bit of ducks and drakes, and they don't—they're not entirely honest with you. Yeah, you're spot on, and there's no better person to speak to than the OG, mm. Kevin Shifter Sheen. Uh, he's one of the great men, and uh, no doubt will be across this draft like no other. He's on the line right now, Shifter. Good morning to you. Uh, how excited are you for Monday, mate? 
Uh, Tom and uh, Bryce, thanks for having us. Oh, look, uh, pretty exciting for Monday, Tuesday. It is a long affair. Even Wednesday, the rookie draft, the pre-season draft. So it's a three-day affair, uh, which uh, makes it, I suppose, uh, uh, even more exciting for the clubs, but uh, challenging for the boys that are in the mix. But, uh, yeah, always exciting time of the year. And it's the one time where there's 18 winners. The 18 clubs all come out saying that uh, we've mm. got exactly what we wanted. <laughs> and we're looking forward to the unfolding of the careers. So uh, 18 winners, which is uh, always great news. Absolutely. So how do you rate this year's pool? They've been sort of underexposed compared to years gone past with the COVID yeah. in the last couple of years. As far as the, the top end and then the depth, how do you see it all? Yeah, so we just had the glimpses of these boys last year, didn't we? Half a season, some rep games, or at least we got a bit of a handle on it all, and uh, we hadn't seen them at all in their 16th year, which, uh, as Bryce would know well, that's when we first pick up on it all. The eyes of the footy world sort of start to watch what's coming through, and they they watch the the boys very, very closely over about a three-year period. Uh, So we've just had this year, and... uh, at least a full season and national championships to be able to compare one against the other and uh, all Australian teams pick. So it gives you a, a lot better line of sight. And uh, that, so we're wrapped. They are midfielders, yes, and powerful midfielders. I'd think maybe 12 of the first 16 could be the, the midfielder type, um, uh, mm-hmm. such as, as the quality there. And the good part um, is they're ready to run. The midfielder that's probably... Uh, one contested ball uh, right throughout the Nationals is uh, a good chance to get in and play some footy at AFL level. So, uh, yeah, we've all got different views on who might be the best, but uh, uh, we're going to leave that to the clubs. But exciting to be able to talk about all of the the players emerging. Yeah, it certainly is, Shifter. Uh, Great to speak to you this morning. So, I mean, all reports, we think we're going to know the the sort of top three to four and how it'll play out already. So let's get into some of the, the SA boys. And that yeah. our, our first one, Matthias Filippo, has been touted to go around that 5-6 mark. He's been linked with Essendon. Uh, he's an absolute ripper, tall, big-bodied inside mid that can run. Um, how have you seen his development this year? And do you reckon he's a good fit for, for Essendon? I think he is, if you just go to the Essendon point for a start, because... Some of the other midfielders there are the, well, let's call it the, uh, not, not small, they're medium-sized players. You know, they're uh, around the, the 182, 183 mark. Uh, you haven't, you know, that's Merritt, it's Parrish, uh, Caldwell, these sorts of boys, even Dylan Shield. Um, Matthias Phillip is a 190, and he's at a December birth. He's still 17. He's got another couple of centimetres in him. He could end up the 192. He's a lefty with speed out of the midfield. He marks it well. Uh, jumps well, so really marks it like a, a, you know, like a 195 when he gets forward. So he's a dangerous player, and uh, and then outside 50, he's a thump and kick. I've seen him do that on numerous occasions this year. He's a boy that uh, looked dominate the first couple of games of the Nationals and had a bit of a niggling injury, just didn't quite finish off the, but was on the edge of all Australia um, based on those first couple of games which he dominated and certainly. At underrating level over there, he was a dominant force, uh, pushed up, had a taste of reserves footy. And as we say, this is a boy in his 17th year, 18, uh, very late in December, so almost not eligible this year. Uh, he is so young. So he looks to be the first player for certain from SA. Uh, and given the, the family history, his grandfather was a star in the Sandful. Your, your, your local uh, fanatics would know that. Peter Phillip, who was a, a great player for Woodward mm. West Torrens, and then his, his boy Sam and the, the father of uh, Matthias uh, um, 
was also an excellent player. He played over at the Western Bulldogs in Melbourne as well as at Woodville. So he's got footy in his blood, this kid, and he's come across very confidently, which is great. You've got to believe in yourself. It's a, a wonderful starting point. He wants to play on the big stage, and he's certainly going to get that chance whether it's at the Bombers or one of the clubs that's choosing fairly early. Yeah, you're spot on. And he, he has come out and said he wants to land at a big club and, and play in those big games in Melbourne. So it would uh, be interesting to see where he lands. And who else do you think from, from South Australia is a, a good chance to get picked up? Because outside of Philippu in that sort of top top 10, um, it, it's going to be pretty interesting to see where, where our local talent talent lands. Yeah, Bryce, you've been through it all before, all the speculation and the, and cl- uh, the cards close to the chest as far as the clubs, the AFL clubs are concerned, so you don't quite know. But one boy certain to go is uh, is Harry Barnett. Um, he's the best ruckman, in, in my view, potentially in the, in the pool. That he's, the, he's the right size at about 202, so he's about six foot eight. Um, he won All-Australian selection based on his form in the Nationals, uh, and he's a kid that uh, well, he's a bit like a Brodie Grundy, so maybe you'll go about that point. Grunds was, was just before 20, wasn't he, when he was chosen, maybe yep. around 18 or 19. And, and he'd been a back-to-back All-Australian at underage level, Brodie Grundy, and slipped right through to there. So the first club that wants a ruckman, they'll, they'll bid. So it's hard to, to actually know who's prioritised that ruck position uh, uh, when they will yeah, then use that choice uh, a bit quicker than someone else that might want a ruckman as well. So... He's definitely uh, an AFL prospect in the uh, you know, late first round or start of second round, I would have thought. Another boy, a different type altogether, is Jacob Ryan, a, uh, a youngster from Glenelg that dominated, played the premiership side there at, at uh, under-18 level and, and showed all of that ability as a half-back. He can get to the wing as well, it, um, representing SA at under-18 level. Um, He's a, he's a boy with a bit of James Sicily about him, just in, in terms of his looks with the, with the hair, but also with his intercepting ability uh, across half-back. And tested really well, 189, so lovely size, good athlete all round, and uh, he's destined to find a home pretty early. Again, it might well be on the second night, late the first, maybe. So they're, they're at the top of the, the, top of the list uh, in amongst uh, quite a number of boys that uh, have presented pretty well this year. Yeah, Lovely. Looking a little bit broader now. So Ed Allen looks to be the bolter this year. He's from WA, 194-centimetre utility. I love it. Love that word. Tell us a little bit about him, Shifter. <laughs> well, Bryce will know a bit about our father-son rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They do. This, this is one of those uh, perplexing ones, really. His father's Ben Allen, played 98 games at Hawthorne, and then, with the national expansion, become the first captain of Frio, so he went home after 98 games, but, so he's not eligible then for Hawthorne, and then he plays about 70 games, roughly, for, for Frio before injury cut short his career, but he'd also played about 80 games for Claremont at Ben Allen, a champion of the game as a midfielder, so unfortunately, with his footy played in three different spots, he doesn't qualify uh, under the rule uh, for either Hawthorne or Frio, so he's in the open draft, and he'd been injured first half of the year I think growth problems at his back. He's grown to 194 centimetres. A terrific size boy that, uh, that can play inside or outside in the midfield, wing or even right in the centre. Uh, only had the half a dozen games in the back half of the year. Then he came to the National Combine. He was the quickest kid in Australia. One, mm. uh, sorry, 2.81 for his 20 metres. So that had everyone scrambling for the vision of his games to, to make an assessment. So... He's a chance to go first night where about 20 will get picked. Um, 
if not early in the second. So he's uh, he's got that. We use the word all the time. We get uh, rubbish for it. He's got plenty of upside, if you know what I mean. He's uh, he's uh, hasn't played a lot of footy, and the flashes you've seen look pretty impressive. He played the one state game when he was fit at the end of the year against uh, against SA, in fact, and and uh, I've seen that game on a couple of occasions. And yeah, yeah, he had one moment where he's dashed from the wing, took off and left about three blokes fallen on the ground. Such was his speed and dobbed it from just inside 50. You thought, gee, that's the moment. That's the moment that looks uh, absolute class and AFL-like, if you if you want to call it that. Um, that yeah, would have people talking about him at least, but. Yeah, whether well, West Coast are going to use an early choice, they've got three in about the first 22, or whether uh, another club will jump in, only time will tell. But he looks a real prospect. Uh, and a question more broadly here, um, in terms of from a recruiter's point of view, potentially, like there's so many ways and, and talent pools that our players are coming out across the nation. So the NAB League, yeah. whether they're playing in the Sandfall, yeah. Sandfall Reserves, uh, the Junior Colts yeah. in Western Australia... Is it hard to get a sense on how you can match them up playing at all different levels? Is is, is that quite tricky to do? And, and even scouting yeah, them as very you, you tricky do as to well. Do. Yeah. yeah. Look, um, Bryce, there's no doubt that uh, the clubs then rate the four games in nationals as the, as the level playing field, if you like, when they see them the best against the best. And, and in recent years, the Allies have joined the Big Four, the Big Four being SAWA, Vic Country, Vic Metro, then throw in the Allies at the fifth side, and you're seeing 150 of the best players play, um, mostly four times for most of the boys, and that gives you a level playing field because it is tough to compare. And some of the boys that play senior footy, let's say in the West, uh, they might have a defensive role in midfield, a completely different thing to what a boy, a similar type of player might have as a, an attacking midfielder here in the under-18s in Victoria. You know, completely different uh, roles that they're playing uh, against different opponents, different bodies, uh, experience, all of that. So it's hard to get a line through that until they get into into the nationals. And at least we've had that this year. You know, a little bit of home and away where the kids have travelled a fair bit as well. Seen them in different conditions. The poor old SA boys went down to went down to GMHBA, and it just was a typical July day in Geelong, <laughs> or it could have been in Hobart. That's yeah. how wet it was. Shocking conditions, and it really uh, they really struggled that particular day. But uh, uh, that's the nature of it uh, of nationals. You want to give them those uh, chances to get on the plane and be like an AFL player and go to a different environment and try and uh, and try and perform at your very best. So. Uh, that gives the clubs a, a pretty reasonable read on on the talent pool for this year. And uh, uh, let's see how they apply their, their great judgment uh, on Monday and Tuesday nights. Yeah, they've certainly got a lot of statisticians and people in labs and computers <laughs> working all over it nowadays. Uh, it's an exciting time of the year. I'm pumped up. I know a lot of fans love this now. It's evolving like they do it in America. I love how it's going. Our clubs are excited to get a glimpse of the future. Shifter, thank you so much for blessing us with your knowledge and insight on, on all of these young guys, mate. That, that's fine. And Bryce, you should be given the tip on who'll join you as a number one. Who do you think yeah. is going to be the number one? Yeah. Are they going to... Well, I think the bid will come through for... Um... Ashcroft. Uh, Will Ashcroft, there's no doubt about that. Uh, and yeah. I think uh, Aaron Cadman just fits the, the Giants. Um, yeah. I mean, losing Jeremy Cameron a couple of years ago, the big key forward, he he's, looks like he's got a, a great presence and I think he just fits fits the Giants there. But I think the, the bid will come for Will Ashcroft and I think he's pretty keen to, to be the number one pick 
uh, in this year's yeah, draft. I, so, and I think that's fair enough too. He's a bit like a Sammy Walsh. I'd like him too. Mm. Very well prepared Ashcroft and ready to run. They're capable of getting in even round one. So exciting player as is young Jasper Fletcher, the other boy that uh, son of Adrian that looks like headed to the Lions under under that rule as well. So we'll see how that unfolds uh, come Monday night. Fair to say uh, Brisbane have been absolutely kissed this year. Uh, it's going to be so fascinating to see how it plays out. Thank you so much for joining us, Shifter. That was fascinating insight, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Good mate. Luck. You're on Saturdays in SA. It's 8.50-ish, top of 27 today. We'll be back with you very soon. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Oh, yes, good morning. Very lovely day ahead. We've got a top of 27 degrees. And please feel free to get involved on 0427-154-166. We did ask you for your Saturday statement. What's front of mind for you today? And we've got one here from Trent. He says, my Saturday statement is golf, 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 beer, golf, golf. That makes for a lovely Saturday. I have to agree with Trent on that one. Uh, We've (laughs) forgotten to tend to the text line. So thanks for all your texts. We're going to get through them soon. Uh, I I played a bit of golf during the week, Bryce, and I hadn't played for a long, well, a month. And you know when you come rolling up and I've got all the gear, so I've got my Nike hat, so it gives the illusion that I'm sponsored (laughs) and I'm wearing the whole kit and set up. I'm teeing off by myself and a whole crew of kids roll up, like 20, you know, uni students, and they're all watching on. And, I, and I'm thinking, okay, now's my chance to perform under pressure and, uh, you know, get it near the hole. And I, I teed off, and it was just a grubber. Like the ball didn't get off the ground and just rolled all the way to the hole. So, um, yeah, it was a tail between my legs, a real uh, <laughs> honest moment there that I had to reflect on where my game's really at. At least you looked apart. That's it. That's all that matters. <laughs> hey, there was one day I was uh, down at North Adelaide and this lady arrived and she had, um, she looked the part like all Nike gear and she had one of those electric motor um, caddy things <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and this thing's shooting all over the remote control bloody golf bag and it's uh, toppled over halfway towards the green and um yeah, but she was shanking them left, right and centre into the lake and stuff. A few more texts here, Bryce. I've oh, got a couple more. So with Hazy gone, who is using the SEN step machine to get their calves in order? How are your calves, Tommy? Haven't well, I could right? not think of a more opposite look <laughs> to our good friend Hazy. Mine are like the chicken drumsticks. And there's actually not, there's not even any muscle. If you have a look, there's just it's just a leg with a bone and some skin on it. Not much meat on yeah. it. So very good. Another text here. Uh, Bryce, your thoughts on where Rory Sloan will play for the Crows next season? Mm. Great question. He's obviously coming back from his uh, his ACL injury. Um, I think he might spend a bit more time at half forward. Uh, knowing Rory, he'll be uh, he'll be wanting to play in the centre square uh, as he has done so brilliantly for a number of years. But I just yeah. think with the mix they've got in there at the moment, I think he still will get time in the centre bounce. Yeah. But uh, be more that half forward, and they're going to be pretty stacked at half forward this year. The Crows. Yeah. But uh, I think he can be one that can come up to stoppage as an extra and still play as a midfielder at times, but uh, spend a bit more time for it. Even on the wing, he's, he's mm. got a great engine, great runner, and, and we might see him get up and back uh, on one of the outer wings uh, next year. His skill set definitely suggests to me that he's more a forward than a half back because Rory can take a catch. 
He's a good shot on goal under pressure. So I think he could slot in nicely. And it looks like Adelaide are going to rotate a lot of half-forward action, like Rochelle, Rankin, Sloan. All these guys are going to have a bit of a rotating uh, cameo midfield yep. sort of set up. For sure. Uh, another great text here from Nick. Uh, after hearing Shifter's take on Philippou, I'd like the Crows to take a leaf out of Melbourne's book and future trade back into this year's top 10. We've got two top picks next year and could use Matthias as that exact player of our midfield needs. Uh, Nick, you're spot on. Uh, I just don't think it's going to happen. No. Um, they're obviously banking a few picks to get Max Michelini in. Uh, yeah. And when that bid comes, uh, we're, we're thinking it'll be around around the 20-ish mark. So they've got enough to, to get the, uh, him in. But I, I just think teams uh, like Essendon, like Hawthorne, who have been linked to Matthias, uh, aren't willing to, uh, to accept... Uh, that next next year's pick, so um, I think it, it, they, he suits Adelaide's midfield down oh. to a T. There's no doubt about that. But um, I think from uh, just a lack of a lack of picks to to get in there and make a significant bid for him. I mean, pick they gave up pick five to get Rankin in, so mm. there's no doubt they probably would have taken him around that pick if the Yank, Rankin deal didn't uh, Yankin Yankin didn't <laughs> uh, didn't go go through. But um, yeah, I just don't think they're going to have enough to uh, to move up the draft. Uh, no, this year. they're not. And even hearing from Cal Toomey, AFL.com.au's draft expert, there's been a lot of conversations from Melbourne who are throwing the kitchen sink at Essendon and Gold Coast. They're offering them two future first round picks for that early pick, and that's not even getting it done. So those top five to seven picks this year are like gold. You're guaranteed almost to get a top echelon player pretty much. The only thing that could be enticing is that next year's draft's touted to be a bit of a super draft. Totally. So to get early picks in for next year could be something that teams might look at, but... Uh, from what we've heard, um, I don't think either the Crows or Port will be will be moving up too far this year. No, but best we can hope for for them probably is a late, late for you know GWS's pick is up for grabs around fifteen and and pick nineteen. You know that could that could be a best case scenario. But look, why don't we get to the news on time for once, Bryce? We've just got one more text here. It says best way to start Saturday morning from Tom Brady. So. That's nice that Tom Brady's a fan of ours and he's tuning in from America. I'm just going to ignore the name that says Andrew Hayes underneath that text. So um, good to hear Tom Brady is tuning in to us. <laughs> but we're here, of course, for our friends at Toyota. Toyota Genuine Accessories, engineered for optimum performance, working with the vehicle as an integrated system. Please keep your text coming through on 0427 154 or give us a call on 1300 736 736 with your Saturday statement. What's front of mind for you. Let's get to the news. Hope you're having a lovely morning. Toyota Genuine Accessories, engineered for optimum performance. This is Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Hello, hello. Welcome to your Saturdays. It's Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon with you for the first time. I've Stephen Bradbury'd my way through into Hazy's spot, which uh, we're enjoying, aren't we, Bryce? It's probably been the best show we've had all year, <laughs> I think, to this and point. we know that uh, Hazy's being a bit of a rascal. He's texting in as his alter ego, LeBron James, loving the show, and as Tom Brady as well. Best way to start Saturday morning. Thank you, Tom Brady. I think it's fair to say that uh, Andrew might be missing us. 
Uh, for, well, we're missing him too, but uh, not long till you're forgotten, Andrew. Um, <laughs> now, Bryce, there's been an incident during the week. Now, I've got to give credit here to the Great Cricketer podcast. Um, Sam Perry's highlighted this incident, which just for me sums up summer in one foul swoop because I, I played cricket, bit of great cricket, bit of uh, state, bit of everything when I was younger. And this incident is a man-cutting incident. And what's happened is between sub-district teams, um, who are they here? St. Bernard's versus Q in Victoria. Okay, so a guy has come running into bowl and it seems to me that the batsman has been warned already about trying to get out of his crease. And he's been man-catted. And uh, this is how it played out. Now, some of that may have been a little harder to hear. So there's there's a lot to pull apart from this, but we're just going to read out the dialogue for you here. So, Bryce, you can kick us off here. All right. Stay in your crease. Simple. Very simple. Stay in your crease. You're an embarrassment to sub-district cricket. Yes, and then he chimes back with effing, sh- effing crap club. That's if, if that's acceptable. Uh, it's in the rule book, you D-head. <laughs> he warned you. He didn't bloody warn me. Simple chalk. Stay in your crease, mate. Good on you. Good on you. Great club. Now, here is the key line. I think it's the most hurtful line that came through. <laughs> this, what did they say? This is brilliant. You're the blokes who bring their own beers. <laughs> oh, ouch. So that that is an insult because club cricket, you're going around to the different uh, opposition clubs and the ecosystem is the bar. So you need to be purchasing from that bar to show your respect. Now, if they're bringing the beers themselves, it's a shit move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, this is uh, this is this is quite funny vision. You sh- if you haven't seen it, uh, it's worth a look. And the the thing for me, it's the guys in the sheds in the stands mm. yelling at the bloke <laughs> work over. He's clearly upset and he's cracking it and sort of half walks off and then walks back to the umpire and then starts getting in a bit of a bickering fight with yeah. uh, with the fielders. But um, oh, some of the some of the dialogue in that uh, is quite funny. It's just got so many I- iconic, typical summer grade cricket stuff. Some of the players are running in, some of them are unsure. You've got a kid in the back. So obviously young children are around and that's them through osmosis. They're absorbing what it's all about at a grade cricket level. And then there's a random punter who... It looks like he's up for a fight. He's going, oh, I like this. Let's effing go. It's all happening here. And, and everyone's involved. There's so much um, synergy from all the people in the sheds. My, my most interesting part was his name's Chalk, and apparently he's a good bloke. Okay, so the guy who got out is Chalk. He's a good bloke, but he's known to be a bit feisty. He's, it's his friend in the stands who's saying to him, simple chalk, stay in your crease, mate. <laughs> so, so it's not an opposition. His that's, mate's ripping That's him. his friend saying, hey, time to calm down. <laughs> so the questions to arise from this, surely, uh, should you be allowed to mancad in sub-district cricket with the level being sort of akin to backyard cricket, really? 
Should, should they have that rule or should it be a little bit more like the uh, under 12s where you get a warning for LBW, you know, your, your mate's dad puts the finger up and it's um, <laughs> you're a metre outside leg, but you get that warning. Yeah. Do you think they should, they should introduce a warning system? Well, I had this conversation, uh, I think, on, on this station during the week last week, but I think man catting should just be out full stop in all really? all facets of cricket. Yeah, I, I don't like it. I, I think if if a player's backing up, absolutely he gets warned, and then yeah. if he does it again, uh, the umpire should keep an eye on it. Yeah, and whether you get deducted runs or whatever the penalty may be, but uh, yeah, I, I don't like it. Yeah, it's not a, particularly at such a low level. The, seeing a man catting incident it isn't nice to see, but you got to, it's a tricky one because you've got to keep them honest as well. Because, say, going up a level, they start running halfway down the pitch. Maybe they need a, a yellow card system uh, to be introduced. But yeah, gee whiz, that, that, uh, that gave me a lot of nostalgic feelings with the club cricket there. Look, we're coming to you from Studio Lumo at SENSA's Lumo SA Studio. We've got one more break to go. We're going to dive in next, Brian. Good morning to you. Very nice day up ahead. Coming to you from Studio Lumo with Bryce Gibbs, Tom Lyon today. Uh, top of 27 degrees. Now, we were just discussing a man-catting incident before, Bryce, in sub-district cricket in Victoria. Ange has given us a call. Ange, mate, what's your opinion on this? Uh, th- good morning, lads. Yeah, uh, Gibbs, unfortunately, I don't agree with you, brother. I, uh, I think it should be legal. Um, I'll give you an experience that I had when I was playing cricket. I was, uh, I was a bowler and... Um, as I'm coming to run in, some peanut at the non-striker then would meet me halfway of my run-up and actually run with me on the way to the crease as I was delivering the ball just to, just to put me off. So I warned him a couple of times. He wouldn't listen, so I man-catted him. And, you know, well, we had a bit of a laugh at, at the end of it. So I just think that if the runner or the non-striker is out of the crease, you can't do that. It's cheating. That's a, it's a form of cheating, you know. So mm. uh, to me, I think it should be in. Well, you make I'm a good point, Ange. And to be fair, it is actually a genuine rule. Like, you are allowed to do it. So yeah. <laughs> um, there's no surprise that uh, you gave him a warning too. So you, you kindly told him that, mate, if you do it again, this is what's going to happen. And uh, you showed him what it's what it's all about. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, we've got to prevent yeah. the cheating. Hey, Ange, thank you so much for that. We needed some, <laughs> some level-headedness to come in there and let us know. How's your day looking, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. So I'm um, enjoying the show. You're doing a great work, fellas. So well done. Oh, thank you so much, sir. Thanks, Ange. Now, we've got to move into an exciting part of the show because we brought producer Jace in for a mock draft. The draft is only 48 hours away and it's exciting for everyone, for fans, for clubs. We don't know exactly where the picks are going to go, but we've got a fairly good idea, don't we, Jace? We, well, we do. We're going to smash down the fourth wall here. See, Tommy and <laughs> I uh, uh, the the guys behind the scenes that do all the research for these uh, these mm. superstars, yeah. Um, and <laughs> I was keeping this up my sleeve for uh, for miles. Yeah. I know Bryce does a lot of research. Yeah, he's got notes all over the place. If you're following us on on the app, you'll be able to see Bryce has got bits he's of like paper a all over the shop. Scientist, he's he like Einstein. Fitzy, not so much. So no. I was keeping this up my sleeve to give him a bit of a helping okay. hand. But you know what? You asked so nicely, I couldn't. I could not. So I've got my top ten here. I've actually gone through one to thirty-eight, and I've got to send a shout out to a mate of mine. <laughs> yeah. Got to yeah. send a shout out to a mate of mine. We get together and, and sort yeah. of trade notes on this. So okay. um, he's a Port Adelaide supporter. 
Jeremy Wolfhart, if he's listening today, uh, I've used a lot of your notes and mixed in my own thoughts okay. here. So um, he believes that uh, Aaron Cadman will go um, at pick two. I, I think GWS uh, are going to take him pick one. So Okay. So this is a bit of role play here. We're going to yeah. go a bit of back and forth. Aaron Cadman, he's the key forward. He's got a little bit of uh, Jeremy Cameron about him. Pick two, say I'm Brisbane Lions. That's the where the bid will come for Will Ashcroft. Uh, he's the... F- Father, son for Brisbane, a little bit like Sam Walsh. He'll be taken pick two from Brisbane. Now we've got North can, Melbourne up next. Can I just, before we move on from that, can I just ask Bryce, what difference would it make to a Will Ashcroft if he was to get bidded on and go pick one compared to pick two? Is there a monetary value? Is there, uh, is it just a pressure thing? You went to pick one, obviously, so who better to ask? But do you get a bonus uh, for, for going at pick one? Uh, yes, you mm. do. Yep. That, that, uh, I, think, I think it's about 10 grand maybe extra for going pick one or, or a 10 grand portfolio through one of the sponsors or something. Right. But, uh, yeah, but I think most kids in that top five, if you asked them where they wanted to go, they want to go pick one. Yep, okay. So it's, uh, it's more of a, not a pride thing, but you want to be seen as the, the best talent in the land. So GWS, they've got pick one. They want their man to go pick one. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of that pride, actually, Matthias Philip, who was talking during the week. Now, this is a confident young man. He wants to be number one. He won't go number one, but just have a listen to his thoughts on going into state. I think it's pretty self-explanatory, really. Who, what kid doesn't want to play in front of you know big crowds and things like that? But yeah, I said in that that you know I've always wanted to be in the spotlight and be one of the main guys, and I think Melbourne's perfect for that. I think it's you know the epicenter of football. Not saying that Adelaide isn't. I'm very grateful mm. for my bringing in Adelaide. I think it's yeah. going to prepare me very well for Melbourne if that's where I end up. But yeah, look, the the big crowds, huge supporter base, you know, heaps of media. It's everything I've wanted, and you know, there's an opportunity to get that I think it'd be silly to say I wouldn't want to go there yeah full of confidence that kid now we're just going to make it a top five so we can get to Bryce's uh, SA gems towards the end here so North Melbourne up picking next at pick number three yeah I've got Sheasel they've got picks three and four so I I think they're going to take Harry Sheasel and George Wardlaw and and, uh, with pick five I'm tipping that Essendon will take uh, Matthias Philippou we know they've had him over for a chat Mm. Um, uh, I think it's between him and your pick for five isn't it yeah either Elijah Elijah Sardis who's a beautiful runner inside outside midfielder he's the silk and he would add a point of difference to what uh, Essendon currently have so it's either him or Matthias and that's basically going to shape the rest of the top ten Gold Coast looking at uh, Bailey Humphrey of course because he doesn't have that go-home factor that Elijah Sardis has. Some of these kids have just made it clear that they're going to want to stay in Victoria, which adds a whole new dimension to the draft. Now, Bryce, you've had a look at all the SA guys and who might be a bit of a gem for us to pick up later in the draft. Yeah, so Shifter mentioned, um, obviously, Matthias Filippo uh, and Harry Barnett. So he thinks he's the best ruckman uh, in the draft. But a couple of guys who we haven't mentioned, uh, Isaac Keelor. Mm. So uh, Adelaide uh, had the option to, to nominate him as a, a next-gen academy player. But uh, with the picks that they're needing to get Max Michelini in, they're going to have to um, pass on him. So he he might be a bit of a bit of a surprise he's got buddy buddy franklin like traits yeah um and he's certainly got a lot of talent um adam delora uh he was the sa captain um does everything well 
Yeah. Um, his only knock is uh, probably lacks a little bit of pace. So okay, he's a midfielder. He's a midfielder, um, but uh, extremely tough in the contest and um, would be a great addition to, to any any club. Um, Archie Lovelock, uh, another midfielder, outside midfielder, great ball user, great decision maker, uh, and just got class. So he might be a bit of a bit of a pick late in the draft. Potentially a rookie. Potential rookie as well. And where does he come from? Archie Lovelock. Where does he come from? Australia. He does. <laughs> the SA <laughs> NFL. He was born. He's a South Australian. Yeah. Yeah, uh, cool. We've got uh, Nick Sadler and Billy Dowling as well. Um, Billy Dowling's a, an accumulator. Uh, big tank, runs all day and, okay. and has had a pretty good year. So, uh, And a couple of guys from South Adelaide who not many people yes. have spoken about who could be Smokies. Uh, Jada Magor, uh, he missed a lot of the year with a, with an ankle injury. Yeah. Uh, got a, a lot of X factor about him and uh, there's been some whispers that uh, he might get picked up. Yeah, And uh, Kyle Marshall, one that no one's spoken about, who's, uh, who's a key defender, needs a couple of years in the gym, but uh, obviously local boy, uh, with both of our teams got picks in the back end of the draft, mm. um, might take a flyer on him late or, or even a rookie as well. So there's a couple of names who we haven't mentioned uh, in today's show. Yeah, it'll be interesting in years to come because it's always in hindsight, uh, the order will change. And, you know, you've got Patrick Cripps, who's a, a, one of the best in the competition, went at pick 13. Uh, Luke Parker went to pick in the 40s. Rory Sloan, pick 44. So it's exciting no matter where you've got a choice. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. Now, we've got a little bit more time left. So hit us up on the text line, 0427 154 We're loving your Saturday statements. Uh, someone in agreement with you, Bryce, just earlier when we were talking about who needs to step up this preseason, Troy has said, Josh Sin, we need to see him play. He's a jet, so quick, slick. He should be pounding the track to get that halfbacker Phil Carl Amon's hole. Okay. No. Okay, the story <laughs> checks out. <laughs> that one uh, checks out. You were on Saturdays in SA, top of 27 degrees today. Good morning. Toyota Genuine Accessories, engineered for optimum performance. This is Saturdays in SA. With Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Good morning, good morning. Saturday's in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon right now. Nice day ahead for you. Looking at a top of 27 degrees, a couple of showers in the afternoon. But we're nearing the end, Bryce. As I say, thank you to our friends at Toyota. Genuine accessories engineered for optimum performance, working with the vehicle as an integrated system. How are you feeling about our uh, debut? I think it's been very solid, Tom. It's good to, good to get that first one out of the way. Time's flown, and you know what? It's like when you're having fun. That's Time right. Flies. Absolutely flew. A lot of sport uh, around this weekend. The PGA, Australian PGA at Royal Queensland. Uh, Jason Scrivener is, is in the lead there at the top, and Cam Smith coming second. So that'll be an interesting watch. And you're going to keep across the World Cup for us tonight, Bryce. We certainly are. Uh, Australia in the in the perfect time slot for us. Um, 8.30 here, Adelaide time. Uh, so no doubt are going to get a big audience. And uh, it's certainly a winnable game for us. And it's a yep. must win. And if we win, it'll keep our, our hopes, hopes and dreams alive to uh, progressing through to the, the round of 16. But uh, Tunisia, they've been, uh, they're pretty solid. Yeah. They're very well drilled, very disciplined side. And, uh, I mean, we saw France just tear us apart, uh, in the second half, 
uh, only a, f- a few days ago. So uh, hopefully Graham Arnold can have the, the boys fired up and um, whether he makes a few changes, we'll, uh, we'll soon find out. There's certainly some scope to do that. But, um, yeah, hopefully we get uh, a big viewing on this game and it'll be uh, broadcasted live, actually, uh, on SEN. That's right. All across the weekend, we've got your soccer coverage and tonight, the big one, World Cup action from Qatar. Tunisia versus Australia. All the experts are on there. And coming up right now, a continuation of uh, Off the Bench with Hutchie and Pickers. Bryce, it's been good. Thank you so much for all your texts and your calls this morning. Uh, coming to you from Studio Luma, of course. Tom Lyon, Bryce Gibbs. Have a good weekend.